Welcome back to another episode of Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. I'm your host, Angie Huser. It's time once again to unleash the warrior within you. Are you ready? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the show. If you are new, welcome. I'm glad to have you here and I'm excited for another week on Be Beautiful Adaptive Warrior. Um, like I said, I'm your host Angie and I am an above knee amputee. For those of you watching online, there's my prosthetic leg. And I um, come to you today, a beautiful sunny day here in Arizona. The temperatures are finally changing, which is very, very exciting. We're starting to cool off. And when I see cool off, it is still high 80s, but we will take it. It's it, it's like, ooh, a chill at night when we actually have the 60s. So it's awesome right now. This is a beautiful time of year to be here, and it just gets better um, until we actually get into wearing sweatshirts. And being an Illinois girl, everyone always makes fun of me when I say how cold I am when the weather turns to like 70s. Um, but I'll tell you what, my blood has thinned being here for as long as we have been. Today, I thought I would address some things that um, sometimes I, I forget what I've been through in my life. And when I say my life, I don't mean my whole life, but really the last you know, eight years since my injury in 2013 to my amputation in 2018 and till today, it has been a wild ride. I can't even begin to tell you what a wild ride it's been. But I'm always reminded and almost on a daily basis um, that with an injury like mine, um, which I did injure, for those of you that don't know me, in my karate uh, going towards a second degree black belt. And um, it's just started with, you know, an uh, MCL tear that went to multiple surgeries, 10 to be exact, to a blood clot that made me realize it's time to just get rid of my leg. And I did elect to um, amputate above the knee, had to get rid of the knee. That was where the problem was. And then it was also stopping blood flow. So I had a very swollen calf and thus the blood clot in the calf um, when my family was on vacation and I flew home with it. So that was kind of the deciding factor. That was kind of the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. And, um, you know, when it first came to my attention that this was something that could possibly be, um, an option for me, it was literally like surgery six or seven that doctors started going, you know, this may happen, this may happen, and you may have to amputate. And at that time, I literally could not even say the word amputate or amputation or amputee, anything. I just, it it scared me to death to think that that was what my path was. But through my faith and through um, conversations I'd had uh, at my church with pastors and friends and my family, um, knowing where my support system was, making sure everybody was on board. I, By the time I went into my surgery, I was ready for it and couldn't wait to start living my life. Thus, the reason why I have my podcast, because I wanted to share my journey in hopes that it might help somebody else figure out their journey. We all take a completely different path in life. We all have burdens that we carry. 
Um, no one goes through life, I say, unscathed and without um, issues to deal with, the ups and the downs. So this is mine, and it may be reflective of something you might be getting ready to go through, something you've gone through, or it may not resemble yours at all. But I hope that a lot of the things that I talk about, especially today, um, can help you understand where you're at, help you understand maybe where a family member or a friend is at. Um, and just for those of you that are completely curious, I guess. Um, so I just thought that what I would do is... This past week, I've had several people ask me questions that when I was getting ready to go into amputation, and I had four months from the time that I scheduled my surgery to the time I had it, I had lots of questions. And some of them now, when I think about it, I forget that I had those questions because now it's like second nature. But there were a lot of questions I had that now I feel really stupid that I asked. And maybe you're in that boat. And I'm kind of directing this towards those of you that are very curious about my life as an amputee. And maybe you have people that you've seen, but you're just too timid to ask questions. And I'm going to address that as well. But I just thought, um, let me just delve into some of these nuances of being an amputee. Um, one, I do not find myself disabled whatsoever. I feel very strong, very healthy. I'm at the gym. I hike. Um, I surf, I ski, I, I bike, I, I do it all. I do anything that I want to do. There is obviously some adaptations that need to be done. I do not ski with my prosthetic on because I would have to control everything with my hip and I don't want to have hip problems. So I ski without it and without riggers, which look like little tiny skis on the end of ski poles. Um, it does take a whole lot of leg muscle to stay in control and there is still quite a bit of fear and anxiety in me when I do it but that was the main goal I had after amputation was to get back to skiing with my family. So we've accomplished that and when we go I do like skiing but it is very frightening the first time I put my ski back on and get on ice and snow and I'm with one I don't have both legs. And so there, there is a lot of balance issues that I have to deal with and a lot of core strength I must have. Thus, the reason why I work out all the time. Um, those things have to be in prime condition to do any of the activities with one leg. But what I find interesting is that people will ask certain questions that, like I said, seem commonplace to me, but realize that they, they aren't. And um, I'm the kind of person, if you see me, you can ask. I, I love spreading um, knowledge about being an amputee um, and misnomers about it. And there's no taboo with asking me. There are some people, it's a trigger. And that's what I said I wanted to talk to you about because you just kind of have to read people. I'm, I, if you see me out and about, I will, unless I'm totally in, absorbed into texting my kids or something um, or on a phone call, I will usually smile at you if I see you make eye contact. And at that point, you should be able to tell that I'm friendly enough that I'm not avoiding you and I'm not grumpy. <laughs> you do not want to approach someone who is, you can just feel their vibe. There are some people that will say, it is so rude to ask an amputee what happened. It is, it is not. But for some people, it does bring back like a PTSD, whether they're vet, veterans or they had a really horrific accident and they are still trying to, to mentally wrap their head around it. And those are the people you kind of have to read their body language. 
Um, you don't want to just go up to someone who you make eye contact with and they're, they look like they're ready to bite your head off. That is not the person to ask. Um, and it's a shame because they can really kind of dispel the myth that, um, that all of us are dealing with such demons inside. Um, I'm not. Um, I have come to terms with my situation. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm much happier than where I was. And quite frankly, I was built to live challenges out. And um, I just believe that my faith and and my belief in God, um, he kind of knew who he created when he created me. And this was my story that he wanted me to play out. And helping others um, was the direction that I felt he was pushing me. So that is why I'm here each week, because I feel that there's an obligation to um, share my journey to help others. Now, simple things like, you know, do you sleep with it? No, I do not. But that was actually one of my questions, because you think, well, what happens if you get up in the middle of the night? I'm lucky right now because I have strength and youth on my side. Like I said, age is just a number. Um, and I'm, like I said, I'm strong and healthy. I, this was nothing other than an accident in a karate. Um, I don't, I didn't have cancer. I didn't have, I don't have diabetes. Um, I'm not struggling with my health at all. Um, it was just a freak accident. And so <laughs> we're going to leave it at that. But um, I'm lucky enough to be strong enough that I use crutches after um, the bedtime ritual happens, the leg comes off, um, I use crutches. So I'm very selective. I do not take my leg off at all throughout the day. As a matter of fact, if it's not fitting great, because let's say I go hiking or I'm leg day at the gym and I sweat a lot and it starts to shift, I hate taking it off. Sometimes I will just deal with it and suck it up and just be like, well, I'm walking a little crooked today. My foot may be turned out a little bit more than I want or whatever. But I'm getting better at taking it off and making it feel better. Um, I just hate doing it. It's not that it's hard. It's just like, what happens if it feels worse when I take it off and put it back on? So, you know, I'm like, well, this is doable. So that's what I'm with that. Um, you cannot shower with mine. Some people do get shower ones so they can stand. Um, I always think when I'm, I'm getting my shower, I always think maybe I should do some sort of video in my swimsuit so you can actually see what it's like. I have no idea what will happen when I become like 80 and I have to get up in the middle of the night on crutches or um, when I'm trying to shower because I literally, I have a chair, but I don't really use it often. Um, I shower, I consider my shower part of my exercise routine because I actually work on my balance and my my stability in the shower. Uh, we do not have very slippery tiles. We have very porous tiles on our floor. So as long as the shampoo and soap wash down well, it's not slippery at all. Um, so I actually stand uh, one leg and um, shower. And I only sit when I need to shave um, my legs so that I can actually reach it. But when we travel, I sometimes even stand to do that, which I'm usually pretty proud of myself because I'm like, that's not easy. And so that's like my goal is always to better myself and uh, I'm very competitive if you hadn't figured that out by, by now. Um, I'm always competing with myself to do more. And my husband's like, why don't you just sit? I'm like, because I don't want to. I want to see what I can do. And then getting out of the shower, I actually have um, several steps to take and then a step up 
to get to my crutches. So when it's time to get out and the floor is wet, I shimmy over toe, heel, toe, heel, toe, heel to get to my towel and my crutches. Okay, so that's another thing. So I don't sleep with it. I use crutches at night if I have to get up in the middle of the night. And unfortunately, I get up all the time because I drink a ton of water throughout the day. And I don't shower with it. Mine is water resistant. But the really expensive one that insurance would never cover is the newest one is um, can be in the pool and stuff with it. Um, I don't think I can do, even with that one, I don't think you can do salt water, the ocean, because that would just gunk it up. But someday, maybe someday. But right now, I, I don't have anything in the water. I don't swim with it. I do have a surf leg that has no mechanics to it. And so I put that on if I want to uh, feel like I use a surfboard in my pool. And that's a whole nother topic because um, my pool is not very big, but I tie off. And that's how I work on surf skills and strength training on my shoulders. Um, another question that I will get is, um, how does it work? Because I'll say, yeah, I plug it in. And they're like, what? People will ask me, you plug it in? So then I show them the port in the back of my calf. And it's just like my phone. So it's not something I ever forget to do because you plug your phone in every night. I plug my leg in every night. And um, I have to charge it. The The type of microprocessor in my leg has um, several different things. I have three different modes that it can be in. One is my normal walking mode. And I can have resistance on that to whatever degree I want or none. I also have a, what I call my golf mode, but it's really a 30 degree mode. And so when I go golfing, um, if I have a good swing, I don't want to trigger my hip because when I trigger my hip, my knee gives and then I would fall. So this will keep my leg from um, buckling past 30 degrees, which is really helpful. (laughs) Not that I golf that extreme and I actually really golf with my upper body more than my legs so that I don't fall. And then the other um, one that I chose was bike mode. And bike mode basically is um, a free swinging leg. Now I will tell you something, and I think it's really interesting. I love getting up on my bike. Once I'm riding, I'm, I'm, I feel great. The problem is my bike is huge. Um, it is. I do not use um, I do I do not use pedal spikes like where you put your feet in like clips, toe clips because I don't have a knee. Now, for those of you out there that don't know a lot about amputees, there is a very large difference between above knee and below knee, namely having a knee. When you have a knee, there are things like pedaling and stuff that make things easier or pulling your leg out. If you can bend your knee, you can pull your leg back. I cannot pull my toe out of a clip because I do not have a knee. I only have the hip. So I'd have to pull from my hip and that doesn't change where my foot is. It only moves my knee back and forth. So when I bike, um, again, it's a bit terrifying. And people say that saying, oh, it's as easy as riding a bike, except if you're an above knee amputee, that's not really a good saying because it's not as easy as you think. First off, when I do put my leg into uh, bike mode, it now is like a free swinging hinge. There's nothing that stops me from just collapsing forward. Okay. So it just gives, which is great when you're biking because you're going around as fast as you want to go. And that's great. There's no resistance, absolutely no resistance. 
The problem is trying to get on your bike with that mode. I can't stand on that leg because if I even push my body forward just a little bit to get my good leg over my seat, that could go forward and I'd fall and then the bike would be on me and it would be ugly. When I try to get up on it and I use my good leg to stand on, I have to swing a loose leg up over my bike. That's hard too. But then I get myself straddled. So we finally get to that point. And what I have found is at that point then I'm like, okay, wait, I've got to try to get a loose leg up on my pedal and get it laid in there right, on there right. And then I have to actually start pedaling with my prosthetic leg so I can pick up my good leg and get it on the pedal. So it, it takes a little bit of time. And actually, a lot of times my husband will just sit there and hold the handlebars so it keeps me steady while I get my legs in place. I use maglock pedals and I have special shoes. So my shoes have a big magnet on the base of it, um, on the, like right below the toe. And then my pedals are a huge magnetic block. Um, and I can also change how many magnet poles there are to, to strengthen it or weaken the connection. That works great because I'm never stuck. If I twist my leg out, it releases the magnet. I can't pull it up. So when I'm pedaling, it coming back up, it, it stays on the pedal. That's It's so strong it doesn't let go. I have to actually twist my foot. So those are amazing. So if you're struggling with bike riding as an amputee, maglock bike pedals, that was the best birthday present my husband has given me um, as an amputee. And I remember just crying when I saw him because it gave me the freedom again to do one more activity that I didn't know if I'd ever be able to do. So that was an awesome gift for those of you that know people. That's a gift that, that like lets you have freedom. And I love it. Now I can bike and I can ski and I can surf. I told you, um, getting on a bike, not so easy, but the maglock bike pedals do help. And once I get going, it's great. Um, I also, I can do other things. I use my leg for a lot of, lot of things and I try to keep it on, like I said, but it's, it's amazing how many different activities I do with it. Some are not as easy to accomplish. Working my legs on, on leg day in the gym is hard because a leg press pushes my socket up into my hip bone and so I can't get a really deep squat or press but I do it and I, I it's doable now here's the kicker I'm finally in a socket that I have loved for several months now and it's been amazing but what has now happened and what people don't realize is one it takes a couple years for your leg to get, or your residual limb to get where it's gonna go. Several factors factor in. One, weight loss or weight gain, and then atrophy of the muscles, and then just limb change as it's healing, okay? Some people will actually get bone spurs, and then that really makes it tough, and people will have to have surgery after surgery to kind of get rid of some of those if you have a high growth rate. but what I found really interesting is, and I'll, I'll have to, if you check out my website, you'll see a picture I took. It's an incredible picture. My husband and I found all the sockets I've had in the last three years, the, the three years of being an amputee. And um, I laid them from the biggest, which was my very first one, and I was 55 pounds heavier than I am now. 
crazy all the way to the one I'm wearing now, so to speak. This one was actually in the shop getting repainted. So I was wearing the next size up. And so I have all of them laid out in front of me. I have 13, I think we counted 13 sockets in three years. And every socket was not made because there was minor tweaks that needed to be made, but massive changes in my limb. And so just because I got my socket on and I'm walking around doesn't mean it's fitting great, doesn't mean it's fitting right, doesn't mean it's I've grown into it or it's that once you get a socket, you're done. That's like the constant battle as an amputee all the time. Like if you are thinking you might become an amputee to better your life like I did, like some I've had people reach out to me that are elect, possibly electing to do it. You might be exchanging one problem for another. Just so you know, and being totally transparent, I guarantee you that you could make your life better with your right mindset, but do not think for a second that you will eliminate um, other issues. There will be something else. So I have a knee now that bends. That's awesome. I don't have that pain. I don't have the scarring. But there are times I rub myself raw in my socket. There's sometimes when it just doesn't feel right. Um, and I just, it's, it's amazing because with that, you know, the changes that happen, it's crazy. The one I'm wearing right now, all of a sudden out of the blue is now not fitting me. And I'm so mad because I love this one. It's, it's caused me less neurological pain. Um, I used to have really bad stabbing pains but it's also slipping off. I was trying to work my legs at the gym and even though I'm building muscle everywhere and actually my weight has gone up because of the muscle gain, um, I am losing volume in my socket leg, my residual limb, and it's absolutely nuts. So I, you know, the problems just, they, they just happen. So then you have to deal with that, right? You have to figure out what, What's next? Because I can't just keep going in and get in another socket. One, because I don't like changing. I, I get that rubbing raw and there's there's always a learning curve. As I've said before, it's like getting a brand new gym shoe and then trying to go out and run a marathon without breaking it in. Well, the only way you, we can break in our sockets is wearing it. And when you do that, you're bound to have sores that show up because well, this doesn't fit right. Okay, then you go back and you tweak the edging of the socket. You tweak this, you tweak that until it's perfected. Sometimes it's just, you've got to suck it up and deal with it. And and I say that for me because I, I don't get infections, knock on wood. Um, I'm not a high infection rate person. Some of you are, I know you are. And I know that would be something you'd have to deal with. And I, I would hate to have you think that being an amputee is about sucking it up. And if you get a sore, you just deal with it. No, I know some people that have to take off their leg and not wear it until it's healed. And that sucks because you do get them. I still get them. Even after months of having a socket, if I sweat the wrong way or I put it on just a millimeter off and I, I do something like the treadmill or go hiking, I can rub raw on the back of my residual limb someplace I wasn't doing that all the last three months. So it just happens. Um, so it's, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I do love telling my story. I love sharing. I love when people ask questions. Someone asked me yesterday, Hey, you know, does it take you long to put your leg on? 
And it's not even so much that, and I keep telling you guys, I'm going to get that video up and I've really just got to sit down and do it, but life has gotten crazy around here. Um, I, I will show you a video that I, I, where I, how I put my non, I have a skin fit, which means my hard socket with the soft liner goes straight on my skin. I don't have any liners. You might see some amputees rolling a liner that's kind of rubbery on their leg so they can put it in, um, their socket or their socket on. I don't. Mine is skin in socket, which is a really awesome, intimate fit so that I can feel like this is my leg and I'm totally connected unless I shrink or or I swell and then all of a sudden it's either really tough to put on or it won't stay on. I use a bag um, and that bag helps me um, pull my leg in through the bottom hole which is my um, one-way release air release valve and so once I get my leg down in there, I put the, I screw the valve back in and then I'm good to go. It, it remains suction, like a suction fit. So yeah, it doesn't take a long time, but the muscle power it takes to pull down while you're lifting your leg up just a little bit and trying to keep it straight and not move it is it's, it's when I'm struggling with sore arms or whatever from working out, that is a tough day. And I sit there and I think to myself, What's this going to be like when I get older? Like when when I, maybe I get arthritis in my hands or my arms or when I just don't have that muscle anymore because I'm an old lady, you know, because this is going to be my life until I die. So what then? And then I sit there and tell myself, you know, you tell people never to worry about what's to come. You you deal with today, live in the present and be be present. So it's always a fleeting thing because I can't worry about then that now there's too many other things to deal with and too many other things i want to do that to worry about what ifs doesn't is not a part of my curriculum now i want to just really quick jump because you know one of the things that i promote too is you know being healthy and being active um, i'm hoping you get that from some of my podcasts and i wanted to tell you you guys that have been listening for the last couple weeks i have introduced you to a company called magic mind and I just finished the 14-day challenge and actually 15 bottles came in the case and it's an all-natural herbal supplement. It does have a little bit of caffeine in it, but all-natural things, there's some vitamin D and there is ashwagandha and turmeric and honey and um, there's just, you'll have to look it up. It's, a, it's an amazing product. I am not one that will actually talk about a product unless I believe in it. And I will tell you right now that I just reordered a new pack, um, this time for me and for my husband. He doesn't know it yet, so I don't know if he's listening or not. But um, I really loved how I felt taking it. Think of it as those five-hour energy shots, but not filled with crap no crap. It's all natural. You can see it. They have a board of doctors that have created it and gone through to give people the energy, the clarity, the the joy in their heart kind of a feel without getting you into the shakes and not feeling good. I never could feel it on me and I told someone about it and I couldn't explain to them how it made me feel. All I could say is that the word they used was, well, did you feel clean? And I'm like, yes, that's kind of how I felt. Like I didn't feel like there was anything in my body, but all of a sudden I felt like Wonder Woman, like I could do this, 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 this. And the past two weeks, 
I have like slam dunked my to-do lists, my home life, everything I need to get done. I'm getting everything done in the orders that I want to do them. I'm making, my day feels longer, but not in a bad way, like, like that I'm able to accomplish more. And I bring this up to you because it is not too late to join the 14 day challenge and possibly win um, some free product. And if you go onto magicmind.co and use my code, which is B-E-Y-O-U-14, B-U-14, you will get a discount to give it a try. And I challenge you to try it. Um, like I said, I would never do that. I would always feel really bad if I promoted something that I thought might be might cause you problems or issues. But I also would tell you, look up the ingredients and see for yourself. Um, before I even took on this challenge, I read all the ingredients. I checked out WebMD and different things that they had in there if I wasn't familiar with them. And I made a whole list of all the good that comes from those things individualistically that I'm like, why wouldn't I want to try this? And I will tell you that I felt amazing. I felt just like my two weeks on it was superior to coffee drinking and everything. And now you can add it in with your coffee and, and drink it ice cold and or just shoot it down straight. That's how I chose to do it. Get one and done. Get it done. But it should take you through the day and not needing a caffeine kick in the mid-afternoon mid to get you to power through that afternoon slump. So give it a try. Let me know what you think because it is awesome and I'm really excited about this company because I think they're on the right path to doing um, doing good in the world versus harm. And, and as an added benefit, and I think you should know this, they are using a portion of your order to help, um, help with the rainforest um, deforestation to keep it forested, so to speak. And so you can also not only feel good about what you're doing to, for yourself in your life, but you can also um, know you're doing, there's an action to it that is worldwide. So give it a try and let me know what you think. All right, back to our regularly scheduled program. What I want you to know, the reason I decided to address some of those questions because I do really get them weekly not daily but I would say several times a week pretty much the same questions and it always amazes me that those questions are actually questions and then I forget how naive I was before I became an amputee and the things that I wasn't sure about and I would love to answer your questions if you have some that I didn't answer on this one I mean I answered some of the, I mean the ones I answered were the top questions that I get weekly about sleeping in it and charging it and showers and how do I handle those things. Um, but if you ever have questions, my call to action today really, you know, I always do a call to action at the end of my podcast because I really want you to feel like you're, you get something more out of listening to this versus just listening to me. Yeah, I could talk to you for hours. You know, I, I have no problem. The teacher and me actually has no problem talking for that long. But when my call to action, I just usually want you to find something that you can actually do after I talk that you can implement in your own life for the rest of your week until next week. And I have to say, I feel bad because I feel like the last few, last few months have really been about positive self-talk and 
your positivity and mindset and attitude and you know they're not so much making this or doing that and I have done where make a vision board that helps or post something that your goals or whatever because I'm I'm all about setting out a vision speaking kindly and positively to yourself and then also promoting that by putting sticky notes up around your house that will trigger a positive mindset for the next day that you're, you're waking up and you see the positive and you go. This week, I'm flipping it. This call to action is more about those of you that are not amputees, but you're curious. Or you have been told that this is a possible life change for you. And my call to action is do your research. If you are a possible candidate for amputation, I really suggest reaching out to other amputees, someone especially that is willing to answer questions whenever they arise, because that was a godsend for me. I did two things. One, I... um I went to a pros- two prosthetists before my amputation to talk with them to see what it is that they do and what was important. Your prosthetist is not a one and done guy once you get a socket. I, like I said, I have 13 sockets in three years. That's spending a lot of time in offices and working with this person. And I love mine at the Limb Center. Randy and David are amazing. I mean, these guys... They, they create with their hearts and they are always there. And, you know, I can't say enough good about what they do and the time they spend. Even when they're not with me, I've had Randy reach out to me and say, gosh, I was thinking about what's going on with your limb all weekend. And, you know, come in on Tuesday. Let's, let's talk about this. I think I have some ideas. Let me run them by you. I mean, that's dedication to your, your craft, right? So you need to be able to reach out and find some uh, uh, prosthetists that actually you can talk to and bounce ideas off and, and ask questions of and what to expect when this happens. The other thing is, is most of them will also have a peer-to-peer that they will, they, they will set you up with one of their clients that has agreed, hey, yeah, they, someone can reach out to me. I'd love to answer questions. And so that's really important. And I had that happen and I got the right kind of person and she like kicks butt and I loved that I met her because then I realized, oh, I can totally do this. And that's really important, right? That we see someone succeeding where we're not sure success can be. And if you're like me, I didn't know anybody that was an amputee before it ha- all this was coming down. The other thing I would say is ask people if you are just curious look and read our body language. I love answering questions. So please feel free. You know, there may be a line that we draw and I'd be like, well, that's kind of personal. You know, um, There are some things I just won't talk about. Um, if you say, will you take your leg off? I, for an amputee, that's really tough because for me, at least that's private. It's kind of like feeling like you've undressed, like my leg on, I feel comfortable. I feel confident. I'm good. I take it off, I feel vulnerable. So that's not something. I have literally had people text me, would you show me your residual limb? That is totally inappropriate. Um, 
And I would not suggest you ever ask someone that. But when it comes to other things like, you know, was it hard to learn? What happened? Pick your battles. Know by body language the amputee that you're approaching. You know, you'll be able to tell. You really will. I've seen other amputees. And, you know, if we smile and wave to each other, that's awesome. I know that they are willing to share their story. If they approach me and say, so can you tell me what happened? Then, then I, it's opened the door for me to ask them what happened to them. So if you are curious, please don't be afraid to ask. If your children look at us, I am not offended. I actually, maybe the teacher in me and the parent in me, I want kids to understand what that is. And not, you don't need to say, oh, stop staring. Just invite them into asking questions because that's the only way they're going to learn unless they become one. And you, I wouldn't wish that on you. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't let your kids be afraid to ask questions. And quite frankly, if I see a kid staring, I kind of smile and I'll just look at them and say, pretty cool, right? Like I'm half robot or quarter robot. And um, then I tell them, do you know I plug my leg in? And then, then they're like, what? Because no one thinks that, right? So I would just tell you, don't be afraid to. But understand that your questions do put us in a position to either tell you the answers or I don't feel comfortable. And don't be offended if they say that. There are some people that it is a tragic experience for them and they do not want anything to do with reliving it with a complete stranger. So pick your battles, know who to talk to, but don't be afraid either. And please look up my Instagram or look up my Facebook account, look at my YouTube channel, you know, I'm there. I'm, I'm, if you ask, ask me questions, I would be more than happy to answer if I feel like it's on the up and up. And so um, I just, I really hope that this helped. I hope that I answered some questions that maybe you didn't even know. Um, and I'm hoping that in the future, there'll be other questions that I can answer and bring onto the, the podcast so that you can kind of really kind of understand what life like is like without a leg and, and that, you know what, we're normal. I don't feel like a dis like I have a disability. Um, that's a mindset that I have chosen to take on, right? So anyways, I hope that helped you. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Check out Magic Mind. And I can't wait. I'm hoping before tomorrow that my new order comes in and I can get back on it because I've actually had a couple days without it. And I'm kind of still riding a high and my schedule's crazy. So I'm, I'm looking forward to um, getting back into it. And until next time, be healthy, be happy, be you.